Welcome to the No Bibs, Burps, Bottles podcast, where we highlight and share the stories of African-American women who are 30 plus, child-free, wonderfully made, and living their best life. Remember, womanhood is not synonymous with motherhood. This is Dr. Angela L. Harris, your host. Come join me as we get comfortable and cozy with no bibs, no burps, no bottles. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to this episode of No Bibs, Burps, Bottles, the stories of African-American women without children. I'm your host, Dr. Angela L. Harris, also known as Doc Sarah, and I'm so excited to have you join me on this episode. I have a special guest who's not actually in the podcast studio, but she is on the phone. So let me tell you a little bit about the guest that's coming up. She was recently married. She is a graduate of North Carolina Central University with a Bachelor's of Science degree in Biology and a minor in chemistry and a Charlotte native. My guest loves helping people. She also expresses her passion with her role as a reimbursement consultant with Lash Group Healthcare Consultants, where she assists patients in gaining access to medications that could otherwise not be available. My guest loves small dogs and puppies, although she doesn't have one. Hopefully we'll change that. And in her spare time, she enjoys traveling, shopping, reading, the movies, concerts, and concerts comedy shows. So please help me welcome Mrs. Tiffany Wellborn Stevens. Hey, Tiffany. Hey, hello everyone. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being part of my podcast. And I'm excited to really jump in and um hear your narrative and hear your story. So what I will say is that um Tiffany is currently child free, but this is one of my guests who actually um is hoping to have children in the future. And so um we'll see what directions we go into Tiffany. But my first question, I would really like to invite you to speak about um describe your current life at this point being you know 37 years old african-american child-free just describe your life at this moment absolutely so so angela basically my day-to-day it's kind of routine but i do get to go free will so to speak um i would say because in the mornings like i like to work out and i get up at 505 I just get myself ready. I'm out to the gym. I come back. I only prepare food. I submit myself and my husband. And it's like, it's no second guessing. Oh, I have to drop this baby off over here. Or I have to go to the, you know, to the bus stop or whatever the case may be. So life right now is a little carefree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that may change in the future if we, or once we do have a child. But right now, life is just like all about Tiffany, so to speak. <laughs> you know, I do, I do what I want when, when I want to. You know, we can go out. We don't have to check for a babysitter or ask who can keep the baby or anything. So it's, it's nothing wrong with not having it. I do enjoy the freedom. Mm-hmm. Because I do have a lot of girlfriends that do have kids. And I hear their stories about the fact that they do have to, you know, constantly either check in with a babysitter or get a babysitter or check in at advance. Can they have a babysitter for different functions that they want to attend? And for me, I have that luxury that I don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my day-to-day is pretty, you know, carefree, easy, breezy. Mm-hmm. When I say go, I don't, I don't have to attend to anybody's every 
call every need, basically. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And so it's you're able to come and go as you please. The focus can be on Tiffany and Tiffany and husband and marriage. And you also seem like you recognize that that might shift and change a little bit should you and your husband um, when you have children. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, that dynamic you have to bring in to account that this little person actually depends on you for their livelihood. They can't do anything. The only thing, their only form of communication is crying. They're not verbal at this time. So you have to de- you have to decipher the different the different you know cries, the different levels, what the screams are. You know, you mm-hmm. this trial and error. You know, have you fed them this hour? Okay, so you can't be hungry. Maybe you're wet. Maybe you're not wet. Maybe you're just cranky. You know, and so it's just different things that you have to throw out with the baby. That when you're carefree, you just don't have those worries. Mm-hmm. So the that is a huge responsibility to take on a life that will depend on you solely mm-hmm. for their survival. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. So with you being a newlywed, um, tell me a little bit about just your, did you always want children? Were you waiting to get married to explore having a child? Like, tell me what that journey has been like. So basically, I, I grew, I actually grew up with, in a two-family household, and my, I, my mom and my dad, and so my dad passed away in 
would not have happened had we had a child beforehand. I mean, I wouldn't say it wouldn't be able to happen because I know both of our parents, um, they would be, you know, open to keeping a child no matter what. That's their grandchild. They would love them. But, you know, at, at a point where we're older, you know, we are we are that one that's like, okay, this is my child, my parents, it's still to me. If you have a child, this is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Even though the grandparents say, you know, they're gonna they're gonna spoil them in their ways and all of that good stuff. But, you know, you wanna do you wanna spend as much time with them and then grandparents have grandparents weekends. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't wanna just drop your baby off for weeks at a time because you wanna go here, there and you know, all over. So it's just a balance. And so that has been my journey to, as from high school on up to college, realizing what I really wanted. And then now being a, a newlywed, it has actually been, it's been talk that we have had about, you know, having a child and everything, and which I am definitely, we are definitely open to it. So whenever God allows it, it's fine. We're not in a rush because we're still enjoying each other. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. And, and, and really the journey I found, I have found that a lot of women, um, you know, they have this uh, picture of how their life is going to be. You know, like you said, mm-hmm. at 20, 25, 28, you wanted to have, you know, mm-hmm. uh, two kids and everything. And so being married, you and your husband, um, prior to being married, had this foundation of spending time together. And now that you're married, you're not rushing it. But I'm curious to know, mm-hmm. so we know that society mm-hmm. and other people have um, views of women who may have children older, right? So are those things that you and your partner are talking about, like, yes, you are a newlywed but we also know that um our the biological clock keeps ticking so um mm-hmm. how, how do you uh like negotiate that yeah yeah so we have had that talk about you know i was like well just give it maybe a year and i understand that you know as we get closer to our 40s we become more high risk because we're not as young as we used to things you know our, our reproductive system doesn't work as effectively or as efficient as it was that you could have all of those you know more viable eggs regularly as opposed to as you're getting older maybe you have a couple as opposed to the many that Mm -hmm. you had before Mm -hmm. so you know we we have had that talk and as i said i I actually started doing some you know investigation and asking questions then i got just about Mm -hmm. what is the next step that if it is or when we do want to start, like, what is the process that I should go through? Because he provided me, you know, we offered uh, DNA, we we offered genetic testing, you know, that allows you to um, test for 121 different um, disparities that may come up that or that you may be a carrier of a specific gene, mm-hmm. and you will know beforehand that this will allow you to kind of know what could be the possibilities of this unborn child that, you know, at that point you can make those vital decisions, although if it's, you know, in God's will, mm-hmm. you, have a, you want a healthy baby, but if they come out with a certain genetic um, disability or whatever the case may be, you, you want them to have the best possible life. Basically. Definitely. And so, and so with that, with the genetic testing, which I thought was a good idea, I'm, I'm thinking that me and my husband both will do that mm-hmm. beforehand. But then also the preparation for that, um, because currently um, I am 
on birth control, but mm-hmm. he advised that whenever you do decide that you do want a child, it usually takes about three months for the birth control to fully get out of your system. So that's something else that I take into consideration. And then also to actually start like presumptively taking prenatal vitamins, mm-hmm. something I never heard of. Mm-hmm. If, it wasn't, if you weren't pregnant, I didn't think that you needed to take anything like that because, oh, you're not pregnant, why would you need it? But it's basically to kind of get your body used to those different hormones as well as to make your uterus as healthy as possible for you to have the healthy baby. Mm-hmm. baby. So I, I've, I already started poking around to you know, get that information just because it's that important and because I am at the age that it is more, I am more of an at-risk pregnancy that if once I do become pregnant, it would it could be considered at-risk as long as, you know, long as things like preclampsia doesn't come into play and things like that. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, I think that we've had that talk of speeding it up a little bit, but still not kind of rushing it. If I, if I was to have a baby at 28, that's perfect for me. I, and my goal of two went down to like playing stage one and a possible. So <laughs> I'm uh-huh. <laughs> I one, I'm good. The possible, if it doesn't happen, I'm okay with that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so it sounds like you, you that. and your husband, thank you so much. It sounds like you and your husband really um had some critical and crucial conversations in regards to just planning. And I really love the mm-hmm. fact that you have gone to your doctor and you're being intentional on, okay, so I know that I'm older. I know that this can be at risk. I know I need to, mm-hmm. um, you know, plan ahead in regards to getting my body in preparation to carry a child. It seems like, it's like you guys have done the check, 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 check. And that's really good. Um, does mm-hmm. your husband have children? He does not. Okay. He does not. So we will be starting a family together. Yes. Yes. So um, was that important for you as you decided, like, it seems like you guys knew each other for a long time and you met someone, I hear from a lot of people that most men at a certain age have children, um, but you, your partner does not have children. So was it important for him to know that you also wanted children and that you guys were on the same page? Like, is he like, I want to be a father? Yes. Okay. Exactly. I, I, I believe so because he's not just an only child, just like I'm not. I have an older sister, and he is actually a middle child. He is an older sister and a younger brother. And so for us both coming from families that have, we have siblings, we're not used to being the only child, but we we would love to have two. But like I said, we planned it space, one of the possible, but we've always known that we definitely want at least one child. And so that is something that we've always, we put that down in the foundation of things when we first started to get to know each other. Yes. You know, not too far into dating, but, you know, just to get that out there because, some men do not want kids. Some men yep. do, whereas the women may not. Mm-hmm. And so that was one thing that I did want to know up front is would you, you know, would you want a child or have children in the future? Because I do, since I am not an only child, I would like to have at least one. Mm-hmm. If I have to, if the baby has to be an only child, I, I mean, I get it. I, at this age, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if it was at a, if, as I was younger, it may have been a different conversation than that. We would have just had two, I mean, you know, one, and then a couple of years, and then had another. But gotcha, um, gotcha. You know, Okay. So again, currently child free, any challenges or interesting experiences that you have had with family, friend groups, um, colleagues being child free? So it's 
wonderful because most of my girlfriends, except for one, are child-free as well. Wow, okay. So we, we're like, we're going on a girl's trip. <laughs> <laughs> We've been to Jamaica a couple of times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one the first time that we went on a, as a girl's trip, it was amazing. But my friend that did that does have a daughter at that time because now she has a son as well. But at that time, she only had a daughter. She couldn't go um, just because you know finances and things of that nature. And just depending on what was going on, she's she's a mom that puts her child first, mm-hmm. which is impeccable. It is remarkable. She bends over backwards for both of her children. She does an amazing job. I will take a book from her. I will take a page out of her book mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so to see that you know to see those sacrifices that she makes it, it says a lot for one and then with family with family we have i have a family i have a cousin that has we have only on my on my father's side i have a cousin that has two kids so they're like the great grand of the family mm-hmm. um with them the rest of my family we actually do not have to, actually I have two cousins that have children so one has one daughter and then my other cousin has a son and a daughter but we it's like my family like my older sister she doesn't have any kids and it wasn't the fact that we didn't believe in having children or just not it just wasn't it was either not on their radar or they've just been those strong women that just like to do for themselves and they don't want that bog down feeling. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've seen in my family, especially with my cousins most my cousins and things. Okay. Um, so with those, that's what I've seen. Coworkers, um, you know, several co- several of my coworkers definitely have children. Um, it doesn't alleviate what they do. It does mentalize some of the time that we can't spend together because of that. But mm-hmm. for the most part, you know, it, it, it hasn't dampered too much of their fun or my fun with people. Gotcha. <laughs> I would say. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So you talked about having um, a girlfriend group that you travel with and have fun and turn up with. And you said a lot of them mm-hmm. um, don't have children. And I know there are some child-free mm-hmm. women who they are the only one, right? They're in their circle. They're the only one mm-hmm. without kid, without kids. So when the conversation gears to babies and diapers and middle school, that one person is like, I can't contribute. So with you having mm-hmm. kind of um, a, a few friends who are child-free, do you guys um, engage in conversations about... Um, what it means to be child-free, being older, like, after 30? Like, what have those conversations in your circle been like? So, for those, you know, we we talk about where we are, what, what kind of things we would like to do. Basically, things that are improve or enhance where we are as women. And, you know, if it's real estate investment or, you know, figuring out a specific stock that we need to purchase or buy into and things of that nature, we we try to figure out different ways that we can grow as a group, Mm -hmm. which is really great because it's so funny. I cherish my group of friends very, very much. Awesome. Um, I have had the same group of friends, like my oldest best friend is from sixth grade. And then my other best friends I met in ninth, and then my last best friend I met my freshman year in college. Mm -hmm. And so I have a group of seven girls. I can go to them for anything, you know. And so with them, you know, we just talk to each other about how making each other better um, and just different things that we see on the horizon besides, you know, besides just being carefree, what else would we like to see ourselves doing? Do we want to open a business? Do we want to, you know, try real estate over here or maybe 
going into business together with each other, things of that nature, to see how different things work. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we actually try to uplift, which is a blessing, because sometimes you don't have those circles that do that. Mm -hmm. And we actually do. So it's an interesting interesting dynamic to see how we like to see each other grow, and we support everybody in what they're doing. Definitely. um, And that's that's awesome. That's one of the good things awesome Mm -hmm. space to be in and it seems like you guys are talking about making big boss moves you know because again (laughs) it's it's about really um dispelling this narrative that you know if you're over 30 35 40 45 don't have a husband don't have a partner don't have children that you're just sitting like wallowing in the corner so to hear that you to hear that your friend group again many of them who don't have children and for whatever reason, is that, okay, our lives can still be fulfilling. We can still make boss moves. We can still buy real estate. We can still travel. And if children come, great. And if they don't, I can still have a successful, meaningful um, life. So it's good to hear that. Exactly. Good to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to mm-hmm. return back to family a little bit, um, Tiffany. So did did you get any pressure from parents um, in that area? I heard you laugh. <laughs> we, we've had one parent tell us, um, well, where's my grandbaby? <laughs> the, other, the other parents have been very, you know, very cool, calm, and collective. Whatever our decision is, that's when they will become grandparents. So um, it's not a lot of pressure. Um, it's, it's funny because it's, it speaks volume as to how important they want to be in the life of the new mm. of this newborn child mm-hmm. and how important or how influential they will be to them and what they can sh- teach and show them and share with them before they leave here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, it's more so it's more so passing on what they have to give to that to that new to the new member of the family. Mm-hmm. And so it's really not it's really nice because you're not you don't feel left alone. Even though you you're married and you know your parents want you to be together and you know get to know each other and enjoy yourself. You know you have that support system. Um, and so I would say it's not true pressure. You know it's a support system coming out of love that is also excited because mm-hmm. they can't wait for it to get. Yes, <laughs> they're like they're just yeah. ready, ready. And we know grandparents yeah. get really excited about the new addition to exactly. the family. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. So. I like to highlight a lot, at least in my journey, of these stereotypes, um, what society thinks of women who are older, who don't have children. So I'm curious to know Mm -hmm. your personal thoughts and views about just child-free African-American women and um, how they're... how they're portrayed in society or media or TV shows, like anything that comes to mind, like, can you recall commercials with a child-free woman or a TV show or just images, society views about child-free women? What I've seen, especially with the African-American woman that is childless, is a woman that has goals. She's always been driven, looking to meet her mark on society, on the world, on the community, depending upon where she is. So I've always seen them as a strong individual. I was watching, like, um, I want to say maybe Entertainment Tonight or something yesterday while I was at the gym, and I was just, I wasn't even listening to it, but I seen them do the tribute mm-hmm. to, to, to Walona, who, mm. in good times, did not have a child until she adopted you know, did adjust the character. Mm-hmm. And so with her, Lana was 
great job. And, you know, they actually said this in the, in the, I guess, the overall synopsis of her life on television. You know, they were like, she was a, she was a motivator on this show. She was that good parent that, she was a good person that you could actually leave your child with mm-hmm. if you needed to. Um, like the Evans could leave the kids, JJ and Michael, with her mm-hmm. if they needed to go somewhere. Uh, and she was a lady that was a boss because she worked for a, a good boutique. And, you know, things like things of stature, which, which means she focused on herself, but if she had a man, she was fine, but Ramona was always okay if she didn't have a man. Yes. Because it wasn't, it wasn't the fact of her always trying to chase after a man. You never saw that with her character. Mm-hmm. Um, she may drop a little funny, flirty hint to a guy or something to that effect, but it was never her truly chasing after a gentleman. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've seen just in my, in my life as well as just, in the, in general, as women has always been strong, especially those that haven't that do not, that may not be in a relationship, they're fine without the relationship. If they are in one, they're great as well. Mm-hmm. But they've always been strong, headstrong women that has always had their they've always been about their business. Mm-hmm. You know, going for what what was theirs, trying to make a statement, showing that they were they were out there to be that boss to yes. show the world that they had. Yes, yes. And that and that her character was so strong and it really allows Uh people to see that we we can change our minds. Right. There are some people Uh who are just like, yep, this is what I want for myself. And then there are some Uh women who says there's a period of time for whatever reason, I'm child free. And in her character, what did she decide to do? when it was ready for her is she adopted exactly she adopted Mm -hmm. so what are your your, what are your um what are your overall thoughts about um you know if as you and your husband move forward to have children have you ever thought about adoption it seems like with your doctor you've been exploring um you know just other means just to make sure you have a healthy baby but just your overall thoughts Mm -hmm. about adoption or um you know surrogacy or anything like that yeah, so I, th- I find it that, you know, we have a lot of children in the system that do need adoption. So if it did come to that, if we're not able to conceive the traditional way and for any reason, you know, God has his plan, yes, that does. that is not the option for us, then adoption would, would be an option. I would definitely not take that off the table. Or if we could do surrogacy, we, that would also be an option because with science and me being a biologist, with science, there's so much, there's so many new developments out there in science. Surrogacy is amazing, as we have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can take you can take notice of Candy and Todd from the Real Housewives yep. of Atlanta, how she had her last son herself. But she said her other embryos, she didn't want to carry because she had fibroids. Mm-hmm. And I don't have fibroids myself, but she went through a painful pregnancy with her with her son, and she opted for surrogacy. Initially, she did have some feelings about it because she couldn't, could, she didn't feel like she connected with the whole process of her being pregnant, the, the actual person being pregnant mm-hmm. or the mom taking on that responsibility, you know, the actual baby growing inside her. But I thought, well, you know, it took that point of actually I can keep my figure <laughs> and still get a baby. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hey, mm-hmm. I, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll yeah. Take it, you know? So I mean I mean those options are definitely they are there. 
if that is the way we have to go, you know, whatever way God wants us to go, that is the way we will swing. But I'm definitely not against either or. Yeah. And, and like you said, God's will be done, but with your biology yeah. background, I appreciate you speaking so positively about, um, surrogacy because I do think, um, mm-hmm. it's something that we don't talk a lot about in our community, right? I mean, I feel like mm-hmm. other cultures consider that option without, with ease and, and, and maybe I'm making an assumption, but I do feel like I haven't been in a lot of circles with, um, women who have either had difficulty getting pregnant, um, or just consider it like, Oh, I can actually mm-hmm. have someone else, um, carry this child. So I appreciate mm-hmm. you speaking mm-hmm. so positively about that experience. Cause I do think that that could help someone who's listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the, the joys of it is, although you're not the one that's actually carrying it, this baby is actually yours. It is something that you and your significant other had together. It's just that maybe it's not viable that you carry it because mm-hmm. you never know what may be going on with your body. Gabrielle Union says she had several miscarriages, but they now have their, their adorable daughter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, so it's always, you know, everybody has their different stories and their different reasons, but it's the same concept. It's just the end result. The way to get to that end result may have been a little different. It may have been tweaked a little bit, but the end result is still you have a beautiful baby. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yes. I, I, I feel that surrogacy is also a great option. Yes, yes. So let's talk a little mm-hmm. bit about legacy. So again, you know, you're, you're future oriented and you and your husband are going to be, um, you know, moving in the direction of having children. But when you think about leaving a legacy, whether you if you didn't have children at this point, um, what would a, leaving a legacy look like if you did not have children? So if I didn't have children, leaving a legacy would be how I kind of, you know, how I help the world. What did I do? Like if I go to church, they know me for different things. So if I left here, they're going to be like, oh, Tiffany was that girl that you could always call on. Or my best friend, they will be like, the person that is always supposed to, who is always going to be there, you can always count on Tiffany. That, you know, just the person of me being that individual that's dependable, that person that you know, make that mark, that staple, that if I was not there, well, we missed you. And I and I get that a lot, you know, if I'm not at a certain event or something, mm-hmm. hey, we missed you last week, you know, where were you or whatever. And that just lets me know that my me being the person that I am, you know, I'm, I, I try to be as humble, I'm, I'm as humble as they can come, I believe. And, you know, I, I welcome anyone in, you know, mm-hmm. once I meet you, I grab hold, we're good to go mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I, I would love to leave that legacy of, you know, she was a good person, a kind-hearted individual, compassionate person. It's like, what do you what do you want to leave on the world? The only thing that you can truly leave on the world is, like, your memory and what you did. With the passing of Kobe Bryant, you, t- you, take, you take into account that life is so important mm. and it's so precious that now, you know, I call individuals more. I tell them I love you more because you don't know where tomorrow you may be. You know, he did a routine helicopter trip back and forth that he does on a regular day yes. all the time. Mm-hmm. And and the situation left, but when he left here, people remember him for who he was 
I heard so many people say he was such a great basketball player, but he was such a great friend. Like for me, giving back is important. So anytime we are, we are allowed to do that, anytime I'm able to volunteer, I love to do that. So I do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, so different things like that. And just basically just being out there, letting people know who you are, but also letting them know that you're that person that's compassionate and warm and you stand for you know, all people, you want everybody the best for anybody. Yes, And yes. so that's, 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 that's basically where I am. Mm-hmm. Like, I want the best for everybody. I don't, I, 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 I cringe and I, I feel like I want to cry when I see any veteran that's out on the corner mm-hmm. asking for a dollar because my dad was a vet. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it hurts my feelings so bad because I'm like, if I could, I'm like, I need to figure out, I wish I could find one place that I could help, you know, figure out a way to get veterans into a place to stay, but also give those, give them those tools that are allowed them to go back into the workforce yes. because clearly something is missing or there's a disconnect that doesn't allow them to get back into the workforce that they are now standing on this corner. So I have a, you know, I have a soft spot for veterans. I have a soft spot for elders. For elders. There are so many ways in which you can leave your legacy, whether that's to your nephew or niece or your godkids or to mm-hmm. an agency or to a foundation. And so I really appreciate you um, kind of looking more globally, like, okay, I might be child-free now, and I still have a legacy. I still have something to give to other people. So thank you for sharing that. So what advice, counsel, support um, would you give a young girl, maybe 20, 25, who has made the decision for that time in her life to be child-free, that she doesn't want children right at that particular time, but is feeling pressured Uh by family or maybe a partner or just society, like, you need to pop out a kid before 30. Like, just what counsel and advice (laughs) would you give them? Oh, absolutely. I would tell that young lady to do what you feel best in your heart. If you don't want children, do not fall or do not succumb to any pressure at that point. Children, you have time for children. A lot of people sometimes regret the fact of having kids because they didn't obtain or go after their dream. And I would say to anyone, always go after your dream. Children will come. Yeah, they may come later, but at least you feel that you can give that child everything because you've obtained what you wanted to do. A lot of people sometimes go into having children, but they haven't fulfilled their own desires that they want. Mm. And so sometimes they kind of resent mm-hmm. a child because they gave up on their, you know, they gave up on their yes. goals. And I would tell that child, do not do that. Go after your goals. If you feel like you want to be a PhD, if you want to be a doctor and it takes you four years and then tw- plus an additional after that, go for it. It does not hurt mm-hmm. for you to go after what you want because at the end of the day, who has to be happy with themselves is you. Right. The child does make you happy. But at the end of the day, if you are not happy with yourself, you won't give that child everything that you want to give them because you felt like you shortchanged yourself. So I would say go after your dreams, aim high, and definitely just, you just hold the pressure off. You Mm -hmm. just let them know, hey, I'm working on some things. (laughs) Working on me. But you definitely, (laughs) yeah, I'm working on me. That's the best thing to say. I'm working on me, but if you're going after your goals and you're going to do that because the best, the best thing you can be for 
for a child is your best you. Mm-hmm. And if you're not yes. your best you, you can't be the best for your own child. Yes. That's the way I Oh, I like that. That's a good <laughs> nugget right there. Good nugget right there. there um, <laughs> is there anything that you will do differently? I, I would not do anything differently because, you know, over the time in your 20s, you're learning yourself, you're you're meeting new people constantly, you know, you're trying to figure out who you are in your early 20s right after you graduate or while you're in college trying to work your way through and figure out who you are, what you want to do with your life and, you know, figure out doing your networking, trying to balance networking social life, um, going to church, going, you know, just being in a group, whatever the case may be. And for me, the balance that I did have, I I feel like this is the best balance. And like I said, when that significant other comes into your life, mm-hmm. you will know. Because you all will mesh, you all will click, you all will finish each other's sentences. And sometimes you might feel like they're in your head. Because it's been plenty of times I felt like my husband was in my head. Uh-huh. And I'm like, get out of my, get out of my thoughts. <laughs> so it's like when that person comes into your life, you definitely, you truly know it. Mm-hmm. And for me, I don't regret anything. I wouldn't change a day. I wouldn't change a day or anything in my journey. Yes, yes. Well, Mrs. Tiffany Well is it Wellborn? Nope, Tiffany Wellborn Stevens. I want to yes, say ma'am. first, um, doesn't it sound good, Mrs. Right? <laughs> <I'm not> right. <laughs> um, I want to thank you so so very much for sharing your story. This is what No Bibs Burps Bottles, the Stories of African American Women podcast is all about. So congratulations on being a newlywed, and um, best wishes to you and your husbands as you guys get down to the baby making because that's always fun. <laughs> and just thank you. I want to um, ask: Is there anything that you would like to share? or plug or make our audience aware of before I let you go? Um, well, my husband, he is actually up and coming a new real estate mogul. He is working, yes. his uh, company's name is Stephen Gremlin. He is now um, working on building houses. Um, his main focus is right now, he's starting out small, but ultimately to provide housing to those in need. So yes. if you see Stephen Gremlin, that is my husband. I'm super proud of him Aww. and this journey that he is going on. So, awesome. you know, I'm along for the ride, and I'm, I, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm along for the ride. He's, he sometimes scares me, but I'm like, I'm in, I'm in it to win it. That's so. right. And he has the most supportive wife ever. So we know that all that is going to is gonna blow up and be magnificent for both of you guys. So Mrs. Thank Tiffany you. Wellborn Stevens, thank you so much for joining me this evening. And thank my audience for joining No Bibs, Burps, Bottles, The Stories of African-American Women Without Children. Until we meet again, peace. You have been listening to the No Bibs, Burps, Bottles podcast a podcast dedicated to the stories of African-American women without children. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. Until next time, keep living your best child-free life.